0: No team goes into this season without a game plan, and Buffalo Wild Wings knows that football fans need a game plan that's built for game day glory. A game plan that should include 21 signature sauces and seasonings, a great lineup of beer taps, and an arsenal of wall-to-wall TVs. All those details make for a game day plan that can't be beat. So, win or lose, if you're a football fan, you still win at having the best game day atmosphere around. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. We do it for you because you're a football fan. Today's Ringer NFL show is also brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite changed the game by brewing a light beer with more taste than half the carbs back in 1975. And they've stuck to that playbook ever since. Miller Lite. Spelled different because it's brewed different. Hey guys, Robert May is here. Today's episode of the Ringer NFL show, we're doing something a little bit different. Rather than discuss the Week 17 games, me, Danny Kelly, and Kevin Clark joined forces for a Talking Football Live playoff preview video. This podcast is actually audio from the video that's going to be coming out a little bit later this week. Be sure to check out that video at TheRainer.com. It also might include some clips that aren't in this audio or aren't in the big video. We're going to have some other playoff-related and NFL material coming out over the next few days. As always, we really appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to Talking Football Live. I'm Kevin Clark. Robert Mays is with me. Danny Kelly's with me. Rex Ryan will be here any moment. He's bringing the (laughs) snacks. Now, we're going to do four categories to break down every single playoff team. We're going to do a team rundown. We're going to figure out why each team will go streaking in the playoffs, why they won't go streaking in the playoffs, and then when the playoff team will reach the end of the road. We're going by conference. We're going to go from worst to first. So let's jump right in. Miami Dolphins, 10-6 and season out of nowhere. Great win against the Steelers in week six. Inexplicable loss in week 13 <laughs> to the Ravens. If you saw the Ravens at any point in the second half of the season, Marty Morningwig was the coordinator. They should not have lost this game by 32 t- points, but they did. <laughs> I-, I can't explain it anyway. Jay Ajayi, MVP, obviously, came out of nowhere. Wasn't even active to start the season. Didn't even
2: make the trip to Seattle.
1: He was punished. He, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they, basically his coach hated him in week one. I and, thought he was
2: going to get cut. Frankly. Yeah, 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 I dropped
1: him in fantasy.
2: That's where I was. <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so, um, you know, look, he, he is basically a top five running back in the NFL, and he got them to the playoffs right now. I, I'm as stunned as anybody. So let's go through the scenarios here. If they're going streaking. We're going streaking. If they're going to win a couple playoff games, why is it going to happen, Danny Kelly?
2: Well, I mean, it's what we talked about just now. It's Jay Ajayi. Yeah. I mean, he's the foundation of the offense right now. Um, you know, he's one of the top guys in terms of yards after contact. He, he makes a lot of offense just on his own. And, you know, they did a good job of, you know, that offensive line kind of gelled halfway through the year, and that's kind of a big part of why he did so well. But I think if they're going to do anything in these playoffs, it's because Jay Ajayi is going to go off.
1: Totally agree. Robert Mays? I think they have
2: a ton of playmakers
0: on offense. Like an underrated stable of guys. JJ has had a great season, obviously, but they're receivers. It just seems like all those guys can make a play. Yeah. But Devontae Parker is absurdly athletic. I'm a big Jarvis Landry guy. have been for a while. And Kenny Stills has had a pretty resurgent season. So when those are your three guys that you're throwing the ball to plus you can hand the ball off to Jay Ajayi, that's how you mitigate Matt Moore being your quarterback.
1: The one thing I noticed, I was in Miami for the past week, the one thing I noticed about that offense is they're so boom and bust. Either Jay Ajayi goes for 200 yards or he can have two yards per carry mm-hmm. in some instance <laughs> right. or over the course of a game. Jarvis Landry creates something out of nothing, but sometimes it just is nothing. Yeah. you know, it you, Creates you know, nothing out of right. nothing. <laughs> if, if, if your entire game is taking a two-yard gain and making it a 70-yard gain, well, sometimes it's just going to be a two-yard mm-hmm. gain. That's how yards after contact works. Um, so for me, I think the, all of the, all of those things have to fire on all cylinders. If they hit on those things, you know, Jay Ajayi does go for 150 yards, Jarvis Landry does turn a short gain into 70 yards, that's where they can beat the Steelers.
0: If they're not going to go streaking, why is that gonna happen, Robert Mays? I mean, they were a boom and bust offense that wasn't necessarily this monster with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Now you bring a backup quarterback in there. It just feels like there's way too much there's just way too much variety with what we can get from them. Yep. I just don't think mm-hmm. they're nearly consistent enough and I don't think they have the defense to really carry them on the other side of the ball if that offense isn't clicking.
1: Yeah, their quarterback is Matt Moore. That's yeah, all I, that's I have to say.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much I it. I mean, yeah, it's a, all three of us say the same thing. I think it's just, it's so hard to win in the playoffs in the first place, and if you're trying to go with a backup quarterback. I mean, it's just, there's, it just really, really hurts their chances of having any consistency.
1: Let me be clear on this, because if Ryan Tannehill were starting this game, my point would be Ryan Tannehill was their quarterback. And now all of a sudden we have a situation <laughs> where someone who is, not as good as Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback,
2: so it's I, not a degree at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: When we get to the end of the road, what's it going to look like for the Miami Dolphins, Danny Kelly?
2: I got them losing in their first game. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're going to lose to the Steelers this, uh, this coming weekend, and that'll be that. Big. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a major blowout, but I don't think it's. I, I don't see it's going to be. I don't think it's. Gonna they be did be like beat a real this team thirty to fifteen in Week Six. That's true, but. I mean, I don't on know. On the other hand, say. they suck. Robert Mace. <laughs> exactly. I feel the same way. I think that their offense,
0: Steelers' offense, is good enough to put up points on that Miami team. And I think the Steelers' defense is much better. Yeah, I agree.
1: J.A. is not going to be able to run on them like he was in week six. And beyond that, the Dolphins just don't have the horses on defense to to, mm-hmm. to keep up with such a deep Pittsburgh offense. Yeah. And I think, it's, you know, Bell is going to be able to run. Brown's going to be able to catch on Was what, what, Tony Lippett? I mean, with Byron Maxwell, he's not even healthy right now. Right. I mean, I just don't see any scenario in which they can keep, keep up with the Steelers. Okay, Oakland Raiders, 12-4, and four, but a very different team going into the playoffs. They may have Matt McGloin. They may have Connor Cook, who is apparently in the NFL. <laughs> um, biggest win this season, obviously, the Broncos win 30-20 to 20 in Week 9. Their biggest loss, probably Derek Carr. They lost right. to the Chiefs, obviously, but the biggest loss in the season has to be Carr because he's also their MVP they could be going streaking. Let's check this out. Come on! We're streaking! Come on! Come on! We're running! Come on! Robert Mays, make a case. We have to be very generous, but let's make
0: a case. Yeah, it's not easy at this point. I feel like if they're going to do anything in the playoffs, it's going to be because they still have a very good offensive line, the most expensive offensive line in the league, where they really threw a lot of their resources the last couple years. And I think they're going to have to lean on that group and the running game. Though it's been much better this season compared to what it was last year. If they can't run the ball, I'm not sure they'll have enough with Cook or McGloin to score enough points to make up for their defense.
1: Totally agree. And, you know, their defense has been so bad. And Carr has been able to miraculously bail them out with a minute and a half to go with some great play to to Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, Michael Rivera in some cases. Mm -hmm. Without that, without the sort of miracle worker type deal in in the last two minutes, I think they have no chance. I, I think that, if there's going to be a best case scenario, it's that McGloin is somehow much better than we ever thought I and mean, he may not even be healthy. And then you just get into a situation where maybe Latavius Murray can get, you know, a couple 50-yard runs, something like that, but I am not seeing much of a case. Danny Kelly, what about you?
2: Well, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page as you guys. I think the best case scenario McGloin or Cook are going to be game managers, you know. And so what they're going to have to do is run the ball, you know, score some points trying to keep up, but what they need is a few big plays on defense, and that's where Khalil Mack comes into play. If they're going to win, you know, if they're going to go streaking in the playoffs this year, they're going to need an enormous off, uh, postseason from Khalil Mack, kind of what we saw from Von Miller last year where he actually takes Great over point. games. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Strip sacks, creating touchdowns, things like that. They need those types of plays for them to do anything with the The playoffs.
0: problem is, though, that when you look at what happened with the Broncos last year, if you have a player like that, you can give enough attention to him to take him away a little bit. What Denver had or guys like Malik Blake Jackson, Jackson sure. that could completely dominate the one-on-one matchups left by the attention paid Devon Miller. So they do Absolutely. have Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin is the only guy like that, though. That's the problem with the Raiders. You can right. take away Khalil Mack to a certain extent, and by kind of you know overextending yourself in that way, you put your you give yourself your vulnerabilities elsewhere and the Raiders just don't have the horses to take advantage of that.
2: Danny why won't they go streaking? Well, I mean it's the obvious. It's you lose your most valuable player, you lose the guy that's you know provided so much magic for them this year and you know right now they're down to their third string quarterback most likely in Connor Cook. So, I mean it's it, like we said before, it's just really so hard to win even even when you have your starter in the playoffs. And, you know, with them going with their backup, it's just I just don't give them much of a chance with them.
1: Yeah, bad offense, bad defense. Other than that, things are fine. Robert?
0: I think we saw it yesterday. I mean, the way they played against the Broncos, yeah. it feels like, one, they didn't run the ball against Denver yeah. this time, which was concerning. Two, this team just feels defeated in a way. I mean, I mean I think yeah. that they're really deflated, and it'd be hard to blame them just with how uplifting of a season it's been overall. Really, that renaissance for the entire franchise, for it to go the way it has in the last two weeks, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, I mean... You look at the emotions that went into this season. Mm -hmm. Thirteen years of being awful. The team might move. I mean, the Raiders fans had invested (laughs) so so much into this, and all of a sudden it comes crashing down. Carr meant so much to that team. Now, if you look at why they won't, obviously there's a case to be made that Connor Cook or Matt McGloin is the reason they won't, but also just the secondary. Sean Smith allowed 999 yards to the receivers he guarded this
2: year. (laughs) That's a good that's, number. That's a yeah, great Oh, you, know, you got to
1: keep him under a 1,000. <laughs> yeah, I always absolutely. say that. That's the key. Is, that his, to...
2: is, it, is it in his contract then? The clause? Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got an escalator. He's going to get a huge <laughs> bonus
1: for keeping him under a 1,000. But, I mean, I just don't. They're not a good team without Derek Carr. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, and Khalil Mack is amazing. He's my favorite player in the NFL right now. Bruce Irvin is a great complementary player. But they are just not a team that's
0: capable of winning a playoff game with their third-string quarterback. I mean, you look at what happened last year with the Bengals. It's kind of the comparison I've made. It's not as tragic, but it's still that great. (laughs) And Cincinnati had a fantastic roster from top to bottom and they couldn't overcome having to go into the playoffs with the backup quarterback. It's really hard and to AJ do.
1: A.J. McCarron is a hell of a lot better than Matt McGloin That's probably Cook. true, yeah. <laughs> and
0: Connor Cook at this point may be better than Matt McGloin, which is, that's where we are with the Raiders right, right. now.
1: I knew McCarron was better than Cook because I knew what team A.J. McCarron played for <laughs>
0: before yesterday. All right, end of the road. Where does it come, Robert? I think they could still win this week. I mean, the Texans are, we're talking about this while watching Week 17, the Texans are ranked 29th in DVOA. There are only three teams worse than them. It's the Rams, (laughs) the Browns, and the 49ers. And the Texans are a playoff team. I mean, it's not as if you'd have to put up a great game in order to beat Houston. By the way, I think it ends after that. (laughs) That That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, and I Uh, get them
2: losing in the divisional round also. I feel like I'm being a little bit generous by having them beat the Texans in the well, first. Somebody round.
1: has to win this game. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, I think. I don't think it's yeah, that generous. I, I don't think you're giving them much by saying they can beat the Texans. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I don't see that. I don't see going much further than that. They're not going to get past the Patriots. Is Tom Savage the best quarterback in this game?
0: I don't know. I our Cook. What we saw from yeah. him. I know the game was already over, and he was really just in mop-up duty yesterday. But Connor Cook looked like he's better than or that. He's played better yesterday than Brock Osweiler has for most of the season. Right. Well, so it's not a high bar. I know. I know. It's the lowest bar.
1: Okay. I think the Texans actually win this game. I think the Raiders are done. I just think that there's going to be too much of a letdown. Yeah. And yeah. i I'm, I'm over it. I'm over the Raiders. Next. <laughs> Houston Texans, they won an NFL division. <laughs> a division that exists in the NFL. It's called the AFC South. I wouldn't study that the standings very long. Best win, they beat the Chiefs somehow. Worst loss, they played Jacoby Brissett, Patriots third string
0: quarterback, and they get dominated. Yes. 27 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, that still feels like a misprint. Yeah.
1: yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Their MVP... You could say a lot of guys in the defense, certainly kind of nobody on the offense, maybe Lamar Miller or, or Hopkins, but right. it's got to be Jadavian Clowney, I think. You know, kind of a breakout season for him. Guys, the Houston Texans could be going streaking. Come on, everybody, we're going! If they're going
2: streaking, Danny Kelly, why is that happening? Well, I mean, it's going to be the reason that got them to the playoffs in the first place is that they have a solid good, not great defense. And that's about as high a phrase oh, as I can do. All the hemming and hawing about
0: this team is incredible. I, the fact that we're talking about them right now just seems like a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> they're not actually filming this, by the way. No, no, I'm no, 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 it, no. It, it, I mean, the reason they can go streaking is because of what we talked about with the Raiders earlier. It, they're playing, they're the Raiders. playing the Raiders. That's I mean, the they're street, playing right, Matt McGoin right. or Connor Cook. I mean, that's the only reason this team can win a playoff game is because so many terrible things have happened to the rest of the, the teams. in this is, the like, this is like,
1: like a, the play-in game of the NCAA tournament where like North Murray State <laughs> plays Dayton. Yeah, And like the, the winner plays UNC <laughs> and we're just like, well, somebody's got to
0: win. <laughs> and th- that team is really excited about getting uh, to play man. one more tournament game. Yeah. No one else cares. That's probably how the Texans feel right now.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I mean, th- if they go streaking, it's going to be because Lamar Miller gets, I don't know, 100 yards, and then they're able to just eke out a win. They get a couple sacks. You know, I I think that Connor Cook and Matt McGloin are both so inexperienced. Connor Cook would be the first player in the Super Bowl era to make his first career start in the playoffs. I think he's gonna make some mistakes, especially if that pass rush starts going. I could see it maybe like one pick six, something like that, that would just turn the tide. This would be a low scoring game because of how bad yeah. the Oakland offense is and so I, I feel like that kind of turnover plus a score could be the entire difference.
0: They have enough talent in the front four to make big plays, to kind of shift the game just because there's a sack fumble, something like that. The way that Clowney and Merciless get after guys, get after quarterbacks yeah. them, plus some of the talent they have in the secondary, that's just, where we underrate how good the defense is at times because of how bad the offense is. And because every three plays, they show J.J. Watt on the sidelines. I mean,
1: I miss him, so (laughs) I don't blame them. Pass. All right. If they aren't going to go streaking the Houston Texans, why is that happening? Robert Mays.
0: Uh, They have one of the worst offenses to ever make the playoffs. I feel like it's that simple. Their quarterback situation is as bad as it can get, and they they won a division. So, I mean, that really is where it ends.
1: I I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I mean, again, this is like the Dolphins. They had a bad starting quarterback, and then they went to the guy who's not as good as the bad starting quarterback. And obviously, I, I think that Tom Savage at least isn't going to be historically bad, but he's still going to be really bad. And I, I just I, I think the case is that the, the Houston Texans cannot score points.
0: And Brock Osweiler makes Ryan Tannehill look like Aaron Rodgers on the best day. (laughs) So it's an
2: even bigger downgrade than that. Right, I mean, regardless of who's playing, I mean, they're both bad. I think that Savage (laughs) probably turns the ball over a little bit less, and so he's less of maybe a liability in that sense. But it's not like the the Texans are a great running team either. They just don't really have anything going on offense. They've managed to sort of take DeAndre Hopkins out of the game so long this season that you forget that last year he had over 100 catches and and crazy amount of touchdowns. I think 11 touchdowns with, you know, four replacement level at best quarterbacks. And so, yeah.
1: DeAndre Hopkins made a career out of catching passes from bad quarterbacks. And the quarterbacks have been so bad this year that they broke DeAndre
0: Hopkins. I didn't think that was possible. And if you have a bad offense and you have DeAndre Hopkins, Isn't an answer to fixing it throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins two hundred times? Just do it. I don't understand. There's just no way they can't have said, "Why don't we do this? Why not?" There's no reason.
2: Well, it's just they refuse to pass the ball down the field. I mean, like I think the biggest weapons in their offense right now are like tight ends on little crossing routes.
0: C.J. Fedorowicz is the Texans' offense. They drafted Will
1: Fuller. They had DeAndre Hopkins. The fact that they're just not like, screw it, we're gonna throw downfield on every play and see what happens, <laughs> because this is a home run league now. If you if, all you need, all you need Sunday, is three passes that connect for 40 yards, and you've won the game. You basically have to score 20 points to win this game. And so if they come out with a conservative game plan, and they will, they're not. They're, they're going to lose. And, and and that's the thing that's so disappointing about this Texans team in general.
0: Robert Mays, where does it end? I think it may end this weekend, even with the Raiders' quarterback problems. I just think that if you look at the talent Oakland still has on offense, it's easier for me to imagine them scoring 21 than it is for the Texans at this point. And, I mean, that's really, really strange to say, but I feel like we're there.
1: Yeah, I I think that the Texans probably win this game and then just get slaughtered in the divisional round. The yeah. good news is we don't have to watch. It's, it's six hours of football you don't actually have to watch.
2: Yeah, I went... <laughs> I, I have them losing in the wild card round. I just don't... Like Like Robert said, I just don't think that offensively they have enough to match. I think that the, the Raiders still, even without their MVP quarterback, can manufacture more points than them, so... Because the I Raiders can say,
0: we're going to run the ball. I mean, that's that option yeah. the Texans just don't have. And that at this point, that yeah. th- makes them heads and shoulders better, which is nuts.
1: So nobody actually cares if the, if the Texans win this game. My question is, is Brock Osweiler the starter at any point in 2017?
0: I don't think he's a starter in 2017. I feel like he has to be on the roster. They don't really have any other recourse. Yeah. But $25 million in dead money, I Yeah, think. it'd be hard for him to be the starter. I don't know how you could trot him out there
2: again. I think they give him a few more starts. But I think... By, you know, week four, I think that he's on a bench again. Totally agree.
1: Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of an inconsistent year. I think we all saw yep. them dominating, sort of having a gilded rise to a thirteen and three season. That didn't happen, but they still won the division. They still seem to be firing on all cylinders with their offense. And I, I think there's been a lot of questions at different parts of the year with that. Best win this year, Chiefs forty three to fourteen in week four. Worst loss. Lost, we now don't remember the Wentz wagon, but it was once a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes, oh, and man. the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the biggest victims. They lost 30, times. <laughs> thirty-four to three to the Wentz wagon. Um, and obviously, those two teams are incredibly different at this point. And right. One's not even playing. MVP, it's a little close between Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, but we gave it to Le'Veon Bell. Guys, the Pittsburgh Steelers could be going streaking. We're streaking. <laughs>
0: If they're going streaking, and it will look like that, why is it happening, Robert Mays? I mean, I think it's those playmakers on offense. I mean, I know that the offense has been inconsistent, but you just see it in flashes. Those last two drives against the Ravens, for me, if you just get the ball in the hands of Bell and Brown, it just feels like they're a threat to score 30 every single week, and I'm not sure there are that many defenses left in the AFC who can slow them down.
1: Yeah, and and their ability to just do the simple things and make them, you know, Antonio Brown on a slant yep, is an unstoppable right. play at this point. And I don't know, for instance, uh, the Miami Dolphins, who's going to stop that? Yeah. You know, their, their defense is a little banged up right now. Kiko Alonso is a little bit hurt. The middle of the field is going to be wide open for them. And I think that you can, get, you can get Bell in there or you can just get Antonio Brown on these simple little routes. And I think that at some point you have to face an elite defense who's going to be able to stop that.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you guys too. I think... Obviously, though that, that big three, those, that trio is one of the most dangerous in the NFL. But I think the other thing that you have to take into account with the Steelers is they're a pretty balanced team. Yep. They're maybe the most balanced team in the AFC. They have a pretty good defense. They can stop the run. They've been better at rushing the passer. And I think that they just have enough playmakers on that defense to contend with some of the better offenses in, in the AFC. And right now, like we talked about, there aren't that many great offenses in that field right now. So uh, I think that just their balance... Makes them. You have, there's many ways. They have a lot of ways to beat you. By the
1: way, they have a healthy quarterback, that which helps. is more than most teams in the playoffs can say. And he's not even that healthy. I mean, he right. hasn't
0: looked right in like six weeks. Healthier. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the bar at this point. <laughs> not Matt Moore is his top
2: trait. <laughs> right. Exactly. If they're not going streaking, Danny Kelly, why? Well, I mean, it's what we talked about. What, which version of Big Ben are we getting? Mm-hmm. There's. He's had a few games this season where he's just looked really bad. Frankly. and I know that it has to do with injuries a lot probably but still I mean he's thrown a few like potentially back backbreaking picks and in the playoffs those plays like one or two plays can be the difference in a game. So I think the reason that the thing that could hold them back for me is if Ben shows up and has a terrible game.
0: yeah no, I their agree. level yeah. of aggressiveness is kind of what defines their yeah. offense and last year he threw some of those backbreaking picks but they were so instant in their ability to score points that a lot of times it didn't yeah. matter. We haven't seen that version of them this year, so the back-breaking pr- picks are even more devastating. So that's what I'm worried about: is that we're going to have that same aggressiveness that can come back to bite them, and they're just never going to hit that flow where they can score at any point on anyone.
1: You know, I'm not worried about their offense. Their offense is going to score 30 points, I-, I think, against especially you know in the first two rounds. For me, I worry about the defense, mm-hmm. and you know, since week 11, they've allowed the fewest sacks and. Had the most sacks in the NFL. Their 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 sack differential has been the best in the league. I've been surprised by that, but they have to carry that over against good teams. Right, it's one thing to sack the hell out of the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals or any of these teams that don't have NFL offensive lines. <laughs> it's another thing to you know the Dolphins line is gelled. Um, there's some good lines left. You know further along in the playoffs. Yeah. I would, if they aren't able to rush the quarterback, that's gonna, that's where the trouble's going
0: to start. Two big things for me at this point in the year for them. One, they get Bud Dupree back. And that's been a quiet addition. He's he been was great. Huge Losing Cam Hayward and then getting Dupree back has made a huge difference. And two, there was a moment in that Ravens game in the last drive where the Ravens ran a beautiful little twist and the Steelers just picked it up flawlessly. They have a healthy offensive line At this point in the year, you've got guys that have played together for two, three years, yeah. understand each other. Having all five of those dudes matters a lot.
1: Yeah, and and, and you get into a situation where Bud Dupree is almost like a mini Vic Beasley. Because when a pass rusher can make the leap, when you weren't expecting it, No one, you know Bud Dupree was not particularly good in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He was put on IR at the beginning of this season. We talked about it. We thought that was going to be sort of a game-changing injury for them. They went from a defense that could be elite to maybe uh, a defense that was this middle of the road. Their only and so, route
0: to a pass rusher was that, and then he was gone. Exactly,
1: and now he's back. He's productive. I think that we're sleeping on that as a sort of game-changing
2: addition for the playoffs. Guys, if it is the end of the road, when is it gonna happen? I've got them losing in the championship round. Mm. I think that I think I just think that they're good enough to beat some of these teams that are, are missing their quarterbacks. Obviously the Dolphins have, you know, issues at quarterback. I just think that because of their balance, because of the weapons they have on offense, they can make it to the to the AFC championship. I don't see them getting past the Patriots though.
0: Maze, what do you think? I don't know, this one's a tough one for me. I feel like Kansas City looks like the realest threat to the Patriots right now. And so I think that the idea of Pittsburgh going to KC in the divisional round, I could see either of those two teams winning, but I agree with Danny. Even if they do sneak by the Chiefs, I have a hard time seeing them beating the Patriots the way New England is playing right now.
1: Yeah, I had them losing to the Patriots too. And I think they'll get by the Chiefs. You know, People talk about Hill and the ability to get him the ball in space with the Chiefs, but you know Pittsburgh is just a deeper offense I, yeah. I think they'll be able again they'll be able to score 30 points in any scenario you know the Chiefs are, are really good at creating turnovers you know Eric Berry can get a pick six seemingly whenever he wants <laughs> um, the pass rush is, is coming along and so I think there's a chance that they would lose to the Chiefs but I really don't see it. I think the Patriots is the end of the road in the AFC
2: championship game I Pittsburgh think the Steelers, Steelers. are well equipped well equipped to play in the cold too yeah they, yeah. I think that's a definite advantage late in the season. And you know, if they're going to have to go through KC, I think that they're the type of team that can win in that atmosphere, like cold, loud. I think that they're you know battle tested enough to do that.
0: Quite Achilles' heel for the Chiefs is that their run defense has not been good all no. season. Right. Now they're without Derek Johnson. It feels like if the Steelers wanted to lean on Le'Veon Bell all game, Kansas City is a team where they could do that. You know, Absolutely. but
1: one thing in their favor if they play, you know, everyone talks about quarterback depth and stuff, and I think that the best backup quarterback in the league right now is Don Terry Poe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, Kansas City Chiefs 12-4 and 4 season. One of the surprises of the season, if you just looked at what they looked like in September, I think they lacked explosion. Uh, no one really know, knew what their identity was. They've come right. along quite nicely. Um, you know, The biggest win of the season is the, the Falcons game in Week 13, the Eric Berry pick eight, I guess you would call it. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the biggest loss would be early in the season and when we saw them maybe at their worst against the Steelers, they lost by over 20 points. Their MVP, a lot of candidates here. Yeah, We're going with Travis Kelsey, but it could easily be Eric Berry, could easily be Marcus Peters, Mm -hmm. Uh, could be Tyreek Hill, could be Alex Smith. Um, Could be Andy Reid's ability to
0: not fuck up the clock. Yeah, that's the (laughs) weird thing about this team is that Andy Reid is their MVP. I mean, just he, whatever his presence is over that entire offense is the reason they are what they are, but kind of speaks to their roster depth, is that there's so many guys to choose from. Yeah, okay, well, they could be going streaking. Woo! Woo! We're streaking! We're streaking!
2: Exactly. Now, (laughs) if they're gonna go streaking, Danny Kelly, why is that happening? Turnovers and the insane pass rush that they have. So they have that, that. It's a great combination. They can really pressure a quarterback, affect him, move him, get him off his spot. And then they have the playmakers to take the ball away. And I think, you know, like we said before, in playoff games where it's typically a close score, those types of turnovers can be the difference in the game. And so I think... They led the NFL with 33 takeaways, and that's been their identity. That's been what got them here. And I think if if they're going to win it all, if they're going to go all the way, that's going to that's going to be what does it for them.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you on that. You know, the cliche in the NFL is bend but don't break. That doesn't mean anything. But if you give up a lot of yards, and the Chiefs do on defense, but then you're able to turn it around with a pick six, you know that Panthers game where they came back. In the last what ninety seconds, Incredible. Marcus Peters basically just ripped the ball out of somebody's oh, hand. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the best comebacks by defense I've ever seen. I've never seen a defense say, "Eh, fuck it, we're just gonna we're gonna win the game here." I've never <laughs> seen anything like that in, in, in such a, a small amount of time. I think that is what has to happen if they're going to go streaking because I, I think that you know, as as of now, Hill getting the ball you know in the backfield and and
0: running. Seventy yards. I don't know how sustainable that is in the playoffs right. against really, really good defenses. Right. Robert Mays? Yeah, it feels like they have to look into big players. Yeah. And they have the talent to do it. I love Kelsey, and I think that Hill has given them a new dimension. There's no denying that. But the defense is what's going to take them there. I mean, you have that pass rush. Justin Houston's health is the thing I'm looking at more yeah. than anything else yeah. over the next couple of weeks. Is he going to be around and give them that trio of guys? You add Chris Jones to that mix and what Barry and Peters give them, it's just a well-built defense to make up for what can be a spotty offense. If they're not going streaking, Robert, what's happening? I think the offense just doesn't make plays consistently yeah. enough. You know, Their running game last year was the most efficient in the league. They're number one in rushing DVOA. They haven't been that this season. So when Alex Smith doesn't necessarily have those big plays in the passing game, they don't have anywhere else to turn. So if they do hit a point where Hill just can't get loose, where Kelsey gets right. shut down in a game, I just feel like it's going to be a slog for them.
1: Yeah, I think it's just as simple as what if the turnovers never come? Yeah. What if Eric Berry can't do it? What, what if you know th- there isn't a good enough pass rush? Maybe Justin Houston doesn't return to health. They don't, make those, they don't force those mistakes, and all of a sudden there's just nothing. Because they have to get turnovers to win games. And if that doesn't happen, if they play an offense, you know, like Pittsburgh, for instance, and they just don't make mistakes. And you know, what well, Roethlisberger can be elusive, obviously, you can extend those plays. If that happens, then I think that they're they're done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys exactly. I think they're reliant on those explosive plays. Like they're they're somewhat reliant on getting like a seventy-yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like you said, how sustainable is that game in game out? If they don't get those plays, how are they going to win in the playoffs in the cold? You know, when when Alex Smith just Flat out refuses to pass the ball deep down the field. That's what I worry about. I think that it's hard to look past them right now because they've been so incredibly consistent doing that. But I just think, like, it's just very hard to believe that they can get that every single game.
0: Yeah, kind of like the Giants in a way. Yeah. I mean, they have this need for a big play plus a very good defense. Their defense is more opportunistic than great, which the Giants defense is, but there are parallels there.
1: On the other hand, I mean, Odell Beckham is on the Giants, and I would trust him to more reliably make big plays than, I think, Tyreek Hill at this point.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, mean, I think that's the combination of Hill oh, and Kelsey for KC. So they have two guys, but neither of those guys is Odell Beckham.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd also like to put out that Andy Reid is a coach at the Kansas City
0: Chiefs. Do we think that's a good or bad thing at this point? No, that's, I, we're doing it in a segment yes. about
1: why they're not streaking.
0: Okay, okay <laughs> all right. I mean, I think that that I don't know. I feel like we take too much away from Andy Reid. I mean, what he's done there—he's been eleven and five three times in four years. There's a reason for that. But when the games do start to matter, I mean, he's I understand. some issues. In yeah, big games. I, I get it. I get it. End of the road for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Well, this was a tough one for me because they continually just like out. Like they just outplay my expectations every week, it seems like. But I have them losing in the divisional round. I think that, like we said, the Steelers can go in there. They're the type of team that can beat them. And I worry about, if, like you said, if they can't get turnovers, if they can't get those explosive plays, what they're going to do to score points.
0: Yeah. Robert? I think they do lose to Pittsburgh. I feel like that's going to be a great game. I also yeah. think that, weirdly, if the Chiefs did knock off Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh they would have a better chance against New England I, this is matchup wise Kind right. them okay last year so I think that there's a well, chance they could go to the Super Bowl but if I had to say right now I would say it's a divisional record. we're
1: about to clinch the Chiefs winning because we're all three going to pick the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers in that game right um, I, I just think that the, the, the depth that Pittsburgh has again I, I don't know how sustainable Kansas City's offense is I've just I've got to go with Pittsburgh in that game New England Patriots Fourteen and two. This seems to be a yearly occurrence. Yeah. I mean Tom Brady was suspended for four games. Didn't matter. They went three and one. Jacoby Brissett pasted the Houston Texans somehow. <laughs> okay. They're a playoff team, by the way. Uh biggest win, Ravens, thirty to twenty three. You know, they didn't really have a great schedule this year. Right. Um, there aren't
0: that many games to choose from. They didn't really destroy I anybody. Mean, that Patriots or the Houston game may be it, but there was no Tom Brady, so right. it's hard to pick that one. Right. Yeah. Well, they would have won. They, if they had <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady yeah, it would have, have been imagined. very, very <laughs> yeah, bad if yeah. they had Tom
1: Brady in that game. Uh, worst loss, the Seahawks game. I mean, just almost inexplicably bad, and, uh, uncharacteristic mistakes from New England. And by it's the way. So, the only loss, though? <laughs> yeah. That's the only one to choose from. By the way. The Seahawks are not the same team because they don't have Earl Thomas anymore. So if they played again, it would be an extremely different game. MVP, it's got to be Tom Brady. He might be the MVP of the league at this point. We don't know. I think Matt Ryan's a little better. But, you know, in those 12 games, there have been very few dominant performances like that in the NFL. It was just a stretch where he was unstoppable. Now, they might be going streaking. We're going streaking.
0: No, we didn't need to use that. There's probably <laughs> yeah, footage we yes, exactly. That's the only
1: one we actually just pulled from, from Snapchat. Um, okay, if they're going streaking, and that's not much of a big if, why is it going to happen, Danny Kelly?
2: Well, I mean, Tom Brady. And it's been the same for, you know, a decade and more. I think he's just one of the most dominant players in the NFL, you know, arguably the best quarterback ever. And with the way that the, the Patriots run their offense, they, they continually just pick on someone's weakest link. And Brady is the best at executing that. Like he just he's so good at changing plays at the line of scrimmage based on what the defense is doing. He can see it. He gets everybody on the same page. I just think, you know, if the if the Patriots are gonna win again, it's because Tom Brady is the best player in the NFL.
0: Robert their offense has been so impressive to me without Gronk. I just didn't think they could be this type of team without him. And the way Brady is playing is how it starts. You know, he always has that anticipation, just getting teams in the right, his offense in the right spots. But he, the way he's thrown the ball this year has been really impressive to me. Right. He's on, he's accurate, he's on time. It's just, he doesn't look like a 40-year-old guy. Right. And then you have that with the way their offensive line has played this season. To me, that's the biggest difference between this year's Patriots team and last year's Patriots team, is that even a team like a hypothetical Broncos from last year wouldn't be able to take advantage of them this year like they did last season.
1: I think they're going streaking for a couple of reasons, and, and the biggest one for me is they're just the most complete team in the AFC. They're the by best team far. <laughs> yeah. There is nobody else out there. You know, it's almost at like the NCAA tournament to me, where when there's no great teams, it just comes down to who's well coached and who has a lot of experience, yeah. right? You know, and, that, and that's when the f- team with a bunch of seniors wins the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right. That's how I sort of view the Patriots. They've been there. They've, you know, everyone said, "Oh, their defense isn't as good." Well, they finished the season number one in scoring right. defense. Right. They, they, they supplanted the four-year streak of the Seattle Seahawks in in doing so, they're really good. And they don't have any real holes. Maybe they're secondary. Maybe they're special teams. I mean, really, once you start saying, oh, Cyrus Jones fumbles punts, that's a pretty easy fix. Yeah, you're picking nits there. Yeah, exactly. You're just sort of grasping at things. And so I don't see a
0: scenario in which they do not win the AFC. It's hard It's hard to make that case now. I mean, looking at some of the numbers yesterday, even if we don't go by the raw totals, which, you know, their special teams helps with the scoring, defense, everything else, they're sixth in weighted DVOA. I mean, the turnaround they've had over the last five or six weeks is pretty remarkable. There's just no glaring weakness on the roster at this point.
1: Okay, shortest segment we might do today. We're gonna get into why they may not go streaking.
0: I mean, I don't know how they don't go to at least the AFC Championship game, but I think it's just that their defense hasn't seen in real offense yet. So the first time they do that, if they have to play against That's the not going to happen against Houston or yeah, Oakland, by the exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so in until, well, there's man. almost no possible way they lose before the title game. So I think that's where they wouldn't go streaky. It'd be one win. <laughs> right.
1: it, it's a shame that Landry Jones started against them earlier in the season. Because yeah. if they got the Roethlisberger and they got the Steelers' offense at full health, that's where you're getting into the biggest test of the season. We haven't seen that. That's why it's going to be so exciting when they do play an AFC title game. Danny?
2: Yeah, I mean, the I mean, exact same reason. How are they going to respond to the adversity when they're playing a top offense? So, like, I guess it's going to have to be the Steelers or the Chiefs because the other guys, the other teams, just don't have that. But by the way,
0: that the second team you just mentioned is quarterback by Alex Smith. Right, that's exactly. the top offense remaining in the AFC, so, not Steelers. I mean,
2: you could even say basically the only chance that they're going to see an elite quarterback is if the Steelers play them in the championship game. Yeah. If they don't, it's going to be in the Super Bowl. So, but to me, the only way they don't, you know, win the Super Bowl, win get to the Super Bowl is how, if they start to freak out when they play a top offense. You know, if you know some of their young guys in the secondary start to panic, or you know, if they can't cover guys coming out of the backfield with their with what they have left at their uh, linebacker position. So, I think, you know, obviously they did, like you said, they they were the best. Scoring defense in the NFL this year, you can't take that away from them. That was a very good defense, but I just think it depends on, like, what do we, what defense are they going to be when they finally face the top offense? So, like the best one that we've seen in the play they play this year was the Seahawks, and Russell Wilson kind of lit them up. And Russell Wilson's season hasn't exactly been, no. you know, awesome. So. I don't know. That that's the thing that worries me about the Patriots. For me, it has
1: to just be an uncharacteristic game for them where they make mistakes. You know, almost, you know yeah. ball, they almost had that against Baltimore. They're fumbling punts. Yeah. They're letting guys get behind them in the secondary. If they have one of those stinkers against the, the, the Steelers, I see that as as a potential right. you know three or four point loss, something like that. I there's no. I mean, they could they could freaking rest their starters against the, against the Texans or Raiders and act like it's fourth preseason game basically. Um, but I mean, I, I, in the AFC title game, I could see them if they have their worst game of the season
0: losing to one of those teams. Think about the conversations that we're having right now. For the, for the Patriots to lose, we have to have them fumbling punts and kickoffs. <laughs> yeah, for the Chiefs right. to win, they have to score a 70-yard touchdown. That's how far apart they are from the rest of the competition right now.
1: But sometimes that happens. I mean, sometimes yeah, it happens. It, Absolutely. Andy Reid is a pretty – I know we joke about his clock management, but he's a pretty good coach. Mike Tomlin <laughs> – Terry Bradshaw, not on this panel – Mike Tomlin is a pretty good coach. And so I, I feel like a well-coached team – you know, look, like the Patriots have played some weird playoff games in the past. Two oh, years yeah, ago against absolutely. Baltimore, they could have lost, if not for a Julian Edelman touchdown pass. Um, you know, they, they could have easily lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I, I forget what happened on the That's last not play. Something talking I, about that. I, yeah. I stopped watching when they were on the one-yard <laughs> line. But, um, you know, I just I feel like there are ways to beat the Patriots. It's just going to require a lot of luck.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, end of the road. When is it coming, if it's coming, Robert? I think the first time I can see them losing is the Super Bowl. I just feel like the two offenses that to they, who who can beat them from the NFC. I think three teams can beat them from the AFC Ooh. or the NFC. I think Ooh. that the Packers, <laughs> the Falcons, and the Cowboys all have the offenses to go toe to toe with New England. Not the Giants. Yeah, I no, mean, the uh, Giants. man, if. What I, Robert Mays is saying <laughs> is that the New
1: England Patriots are the worst team in the NFC. Is that what you're saying? Let's get mm-hmm. to the record. I'm yeah. not
0: saying they would lose to all those teams. I'm saying the NFC has a lot more teams that have the possibility of knocking them off than the AFC does. Right. I still think they're better than all of those teams. I would still pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, but I feel if it's going to end, it would be in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I get them losing in the Super Bowl also, and I think who can beat them in the Super Bowl. I think the Name Cowboys. Like the 15 I, teams that Robert <laughs> just named. Well, I mean, obviously, the Cowboys to me are, you know, they're a team capable of beating them. I think that that's an offense that can sort of run through that defense, um, just like they did just about every other team in the NFL this year. I think they're going to have, if, if the Falcons are going to play them, it's going to be a bow race. They're, it's going to be, you know, a shootout. And that's a, team, that's a team that could beat them. I think that. It's always the Giants. You know, it's kind of their kryptonite or whatever. I think that they have a really, really good defense that can take Tom Brady kind of out of the game. Um, I don't see the Giants getting that far, but they're a team that could beat them. And, I mean, the Seahawks beat them this year. Of course, that was without Earl Thomas. I don't think the Seahawks are getting back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, take it easy over there. (laughs) I have to to shout out my Seahawks. They're not getting back to the Super Bowl, though. Um, But, yeah, I, I see the Cowboys beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl.
1: I would be most intrigued to see the Patriots play the Cowboys the Patriots play the Falcons. Because what Bill Belichick is so good at is taking away the best option. I would love to see, just as a football fan, him game plan against Julio Jones and try to figure yeah. out how to stop him. Or try, you know, how does he attack the Dallas offense? It seems unstoppable at this point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, just as a football fan, how that happens. For me, there is no end in the road. For me, they win the Super Bowl. Um, because, first of all, I don't agree with you. I, I don't
0: think the Green Bay could beat them. The way Rodgers is playing right now, I'm just putting them in every conversation. (laughs) I think they're at the bottom of that list, but he's playing well enough that I'm not ruling out anything they can do. I think
1: he could score 50
0: points in the Packers right now. And they'll score 55. That's the problem. (laughs) I
1: I, I don't agree with that. But for me, Atlanta could beat them conceivably. Yeah, Dallas could beat them conceivably, but I think, you know... I think that right now, if, if it was just on a neutral field and all things were, were equal, they would probably play a pretty close game, and then I'm just taking Belichick over Dan Quinn and Jason Garrett, and that's yeah. <laughs> how I'm viewing it. No, yeah. blaming That's me. how I'm viewing it. I mean, maybe Pete Carroll could do something, but th- th- the Seahawks don't even know how to play football anymore. Right. Um, so I, I just, those are the two options, Atlanta and, and Dallas, and I just, I, I do not see a scenario in which they lose to those two teams. So I,
0: I'm, I'm gonna go with the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Hey guys, before we get to the NFC, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors. No team goes into the season without a game plan. If they did, game day highlights would be nothing more than a Football Follies compilation. And while Follies are hilarious, Buffalo Wild Wings knows, fans prefer the taste of glory on game day. The kind of glory that comes with having 21 signature sauces and seasonings to choose from. Or a great lineup of cold and refreshing beers on tap. Or a collection of wall-to-wall flat screens so big, it would make your head spin. We cover all of those details, so they add up to the kind of game day experience fans can appreciate. And we do it because we appreciate fans. So, win or lose, if you're a fan, you still win at having the best game day atmosphere there is. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. We do it for you because you're a football fan. Today's Ring of NFL show is also brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite is brewed to be the light beer with more taste, less calories, and half the carbs. So that on any given Sunday, you don't have to settle for any given light beer. Great tasting, 96 calories, Miller Lite. Spelled different but it's brewed different. Okay, the Detroit
1: Lions are a team that made the playoffs, and this being a playoff preview, we have to talk about the Detroit Lions, who are a team in the NFL. 9-7 this year. Love when a 9-7 team makes the playoffs. Really helps the league and helps my interest as a fan. They beat the Saints. Now, you could say uh, that they won a game against a future playoff team. But they beat the Texans this year, so they are actually winless against actual playoff teams (laughs) in reality, functional playoff teams. They beat the Saints. It's their best win of the year, (sighs) 28-13. They lost to the Cowboys, 42-21, maybe a more accurate representation of their skill level. Um, They lost to the Packers, obviously, over the weekend. They could have won the NFC North. Their MVP is Matthew Stafford. Uh, problematic because he is not currently a good quarterback. Right. He ha- he's wearing a a middle finger cast um, and has to wear that while he's throwing, which has not been particularly good. So let's make a case, because we have to, that these guys <laughs> could go streaking. We're going streaking! Okay, uh, who wants to go first? I'll do
2: it. I'll do it. Thanks, so, buddy. Really appreciate that. Yeah, Stafford. The, the, here's mm-hmm. the reason that they could go streaking. It's because of the mad they, they continue the magic that they had in the fourth quarter comebacks this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw a stat yesterday, fifteen out of their sixteen games they started the fourth quarter trailing. They still managed to win nine games, so Great. that uh, <laughs> that's something. Um, so
0: your case for why the Lions could win a playoff game is that at some point, they will be losing that playoff game. Yes. Okay. Yes, because just, I'm just they're, making they're sure.
2: very good at fourth-quarter comebacks. That's, sure, I'm yeah. just trying something.
1: Stafford had eight, I think, this year. It's yes. like the all-time record. Yeah. But then a lot of those are pre-finger.
2: Right, and we'll get into that. But I think if there's a reason that they could go streaking, it's because they have that magic they believe in, in themselves to come back in close games, and yes, we're contractually obligated to talk about that.
0: Yeah, Robert? I mean, going streaking, in my definition here, is winning at least one playoff game. The reason they could do that is because the Seahawks are kind of a mess right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks are not the same team without Earl Thomas. Their offense has not really been impressive over the last, I don't know how long. So because the Lions get that team that's kind of having everything go wrong at the right moment, Mm -hmm. that's why they could win. Why won't they go streaking
2: Danny Kelly? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, secondary issues—they're just not good against the pass at all, yeah. and they don't have a good pass rush. It's a, it's a tough it's a tough combo um, because they're not they're not getting any they're not affecting opposing quarterbacks, and that's why they're able to pick them apart. We saw last last night or on Sunday night when. Aaron Rodgers is running around for about eight seconds before he finds a guy in the back of the end zone. That's what a, was that? That is something that is going to be a huge problem for them in the playoffs against you know several of these NFC quarterbacks. Um, you know, not, obviously Russell Wilson's a great scrambler. He, he's good at keeping plays alive. This year, he's been hurt, but. Just that the the combination of not being able to get a, get a quarterback off his spot and having a tough, you know not very talented secondary, I think they're in trouble.
1: They made Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, is a fairly mobile quarterback, they made him look like Le'Veon Bell last
2: night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just going everywhere.
1: Robert, why, why are they not going streaking?
0: The defense is a, a good place to start. Yeah. But I also just think that if the way they're winning games early in the season, Matthew Stafford was playing great. Theo Riddick was a star for them. Yeah. Theo Riddick's not around anymore. And Matthew Stafford has that hand. You know, the most frustrating part about the finger is that not every throw is bad. There are still times right. where one beautifully comes off his hand, and it really shows off what Matthew Stafford can still do. But then every like second or third throw, it just careens Sails off in a it. different direction. So yeah.
1: I think the finger is much worse than people think. Because and, I, yeah. and we're starting to think it's pretty bad. It's probably worse yeah. because he's just missing open guys. Yeah. Jim Bob Cooter's offense is pretty good. Guys are getting open. Golden Tate is open. Uh, Marvin Jones getting open, but he'll just sail the ball five yards over their head in some situations. And in order to beat a Seattle or a Green Bay last night. You have to play a perfect game. You have to, when guys are open, hit them for the 40, 50-yard pass. And if that's not happening, if you're sailing the ball over guys' heads when they're open, you just have no chance.
0: Yeah, there's some throws you made against Green Bay. It's like, oh, that's a pretty ball. And then the next throw, you just have no (laughs) idea what's going to happen. It's a really weird crapshoot. Yeah. All right, end of the road. I think they lose to Seattle. I just don't think that they have enough on either side of the ball to deal with a Seahawks team that's reeling right now even.
2: Yeah, I have them losing to the Seahawks as well. I think, number one, it's tough to play in Seattle, even if they are struggling this year a little bit. Um, number two, I said it before, I just don't know how they're going to be able to contain Russell Wilson. I think his ability to move around in the pocket, get outside the pocket on bootlegs, things like that, I think they're going to really struggle against that. And even without Earl Thomas, I still think the Seahawks secondary will be able to shut down kind of what, what the what's left of the Lions passing offense. I just don't. I, it's it's going to take something really weird for them to get past Seattle.
1: Game starts at eight fifteen Saturday. End of the road, eight <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> New York Giants eleven and five, very good season from their sort of inconsistent last few years. I think they exceeded pretty much everyone's expectations. Ben McAdoo, phenomenal hair, phenomenal hoodie (laughs) game. I think that exceeded a lot of expectations. Uh, Had some great wins. Obviously, the win over the Cowboys stunned everybody. Uh, 10-7 in Week 14. Their loss to the Vikings in Week 4, bizarre. Odell Beckham, obviously their MVP, pretty much their only offense for large stretches of the season. On defense, they had a lot of contributors, but Odell is so much better than anybody else. He might be the best player in the league at this point, for Christ's sake. There's a case we made that they're going to go streaking. Come on, everybody! We're going!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm really sad that wasn't Ben McAdoo, I'm going to be honest (laughs) with you. Can
1: we get that in post? (laughs) If they're going to go streaking,
0: Ben McAdoo and Odell Beckham, why is it going to happen, Robert Mays? It starts with the defense. I mean, you look at the turnaround they've made to go from being one of the three worst defenses in the league last year to, I don't know, would you pick any other playoff-bound defense over them right now? I think they have the best defense in the playoffs. I mean, the contributions they've gotten from Olivier Vernon, Damon Harrison, Janoris Jenkins, Landon Collins' resurgence, it's just kind of incredible that they have five or six guys you have to mention for why they've turned into a good unit. So I feel like they just have everything it takes to suffocate these really good offenses. We make so many jokes
1: about winning the offseason, getting all these free agents, and obviously then the team goes 7-9, and 6-10, yep. and 10, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm quite frankly stunned that Olivier Vernon is as good as he is, that Janoris Jenkins is as good as he is, that Snacks Harrison is just stuffing the run. They have you know one of the best run-stuffing units in the NFL. So for me, I, I just I have been so impressed with the way that defense has been coming together, and to the point that, like we saw against the Cowboys, it only needs two or three big Odell plays, yeah. maybe a little bit of contribution from the running game, something like that, yeah. for them to pull a couple upsets. And that's sort of the scenario I see happening.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I agree with you guys too. I think their defense is good enough to get them, you know, to get them a few wins in the playoffs. Will it happen? We'll see. But that is a group that can do two things: they can stop the run and it can defend the pass on third downs. And, I mean, that really makes it hard for an opposing offense to move the ball when they can do those two things because their run defense is setting them up in good situations on third down, and then they're defending the pass.
1: They're seventh in the NFL in net yards per attempt. Um, they, they, you know, and they, they have a good secondary, and I've just, I yeah. see a lot of teams struggling against that defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I thought that their pass rush would fuel them, yeah. but the way they can just line up and out-talent you on the outside that's just something I didn't expect.
1: The depth on the defensive line just stuns me.
0: Yeah, I, it's they really are the what we thought the Seahawks were going to be at this point in the right. season, where they just have so much talent at safety, corner, up front. There's no real point where you can attack them.
1: I can't. Is anyone else as stunned as I am that Ben is a good coach? For, <laughs> For me, it's, it's been, about Spagnuolo.
0: You think yeah. about the fact it seemed like Spagnuolo was on his way out. You know, like the, this guy that the game had passed by, he was in his third or fourth job, he just didn't have it anymore. Yeah. And now he's the coordinator of the best defense in the playoffs.
1: It's unbelievable. Okay, maybe there's a case for not going streaking. Uh,
0: because they don't have anything else on offense yeah. except for him. Yeah. I mean, how, Paul Perkins. How much stops and starts has defined who they've been offensively, I mean, it's hard to ignore. They have no one else that can consistently give them a the threat. And that's because Eli hasn't had a good Eli season. You know, he's been pretty bad. They don't have a running game. What's a good Eli season? I think there's some years. I mean, even last year, I think Eli played pretty well. And two years ago, this is an on-brand Eli season. I think like, good Eli yeah, season in the sense it's yeah, like the almost, we're almost peak Eli. Okay, so in that way, yes, it's a good <laughs> Eli season. We're yeah. closer to pure Eli, but they really don't have anything else aside from Odell. I could see them scoring ten points in a playoff game pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I mean, I said the exact same thing. A one-trick pony offense, and. You know, they don't have a run game. Paul Perkins has given them a little bit, but not really. Um, They are wholly dependent. It's kind of like the Chiefs. They're wholly dependent on getting these big, huge plays from Odell Beckham. And if those don't come, where are they going to get points? I just, I I don't know where that happens. Obviously, the defense has done a good job of keeping the games low scoring. So, you know, two or three big plays can, can really actually win them a game. But... You know, if if a defense does a good job of scheming against Odell Beckham, then, you know, that that could be the end of it for the Giants.
1: Their quarterback is Eli Manning. Yeah. And I think that needs to be talked about a little bit more. We probably <laughs> didn't talk about that enough in the first segment of this, of this uh, discussion. He could just implode. Yeah. He could just have yeah. three interceptions, four interceptions. Now, sometimes that doesn't matter. You know, I mean, if you look at the numbers for how often he has multi-interception games, I think he has... One of the best records in the NFL, um, as far as wins and losses, when he throws multiple interceptions, it's almost like the team expects him to throw multiple interceptions. <laughs> okay, we got <laughs> this, no, you, yeah, you do that your in. thing. We yeah. got it. We yeah. got this thing going on. I mean, really all it takes is Odell Beckham. You know, we talked about the Chiefs, as you said. I trust Odell Beckham to make the 60-yard slant pass. You know, he, he and He's Antonio Brown yeah. are the two guys where I say, actually, this might be a little bit sustainable. Just get him the right, ball. Right. Get him the ball in the back of the end zone. We saw all of the great... Um, you know, his ability to come down with, with balls is, is basically unparalleled at this point. And so I do think that relying on a big play from Odell is actually somewhat sustainable. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to discuss the end of the road or potential end of the road for the Giants.
2: I see them losing in the wildcard round, actually. Uh, it's tough because I think that the Packers-Giants game is going to be a good one. I think that the Packers defense is banged up enough that Odell is gonna you know house a couple of plays but again Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind right now there's no quarterback you could argue that there's no quarterback playing as well as him right now and he is you know I, th- I think even against that great defense he's gonna be able to put some points on the board so uh, it's gonna be a close one but I see the Giants losing in the first round
1: I disagree with that. I think the Giants are going to win this game on the road. I understand how good Rodgers is. I don't necessarily agree he's the best quarterback right now. I think Matt Ryan, even even if yeah, you look you could at the that. even if you look at the run the table numbers, Matt Ryan is still better across the board. Even right. if you take the small sample of the last six games for Rodgers, but for me, I just I just think they're a complete team and I just don't see that a lot. And I certainly don't see it from Green Bay. And I no. agree with you with Odell that, you know, he could he could house three play. I mean we can yeah. see a historically good Odell game. There's a couple of things. Number one, he loves when he's, you know, pissed off. He right. loves big games. He 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 lives for this shit. And so now <laughs> he's going against a defense that cannot stop anybody in the passing game. Yeah. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if Odell just like has two hundred yards, two touchdowns and just and just wins the game. I,
0: I think they lose to the Packers for the similar reasons that Danny said. I mean Matt Ryan's had the better season. Aaron Rodgers still a better quarterback. I feel like that he's a more daunting task and a more daunting challenge at this point in the year. So I think he's going to do enough even against that Giants defense for the Packers to still win.
1: Okay, I, I, I think
0: their end of the road is the Super Bowl. I think they will make the Super Bowl. Wow, nice. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this is a team that—one of the only teams in my mind that I could see losing a divisional round or going all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> to
1: me, it's between Dallas and, and the Giants and i think they're the two most complete teams in the nfl right and just just you know as far as having a defense that can get you there and having an offense that can get you there and look the offense is trailing well behind the defense at this point but i just feel like there's just not a lot of great defenses in the in the playoffs right now it's going to come down to whoever wins when we'll, we'll win the giants play the cowboys and i just have a feeling the giants are ready to do it
2: that would be that would be a lot of fun that game the, the third rematch or whatever yeah. between those two teams you know obviously uh, there's stats against winning or beating a team three times in one season, but I, I think that would just be a great matchup because the Giants have proven that they are built. To, they're the one team right now, I think, that are built to stop that team.
1: Green Bay Packers, 10-6. and six. I don't think in October, even November, anybody saw this coming that we'd be talking about the Packers as a playoff team. They were 4-6 and six right. at one point. They looked awful. You know, They got blown out by the damn Redskins. Kirk Cousins looked like... You know, the new Aaron Rodgers six weeks ago. Um, that's obviously a joke. Kirk Cousins has always been bad. Um, so, guys, kind of a weird season. Obviously, their best win was a 38-10 to 10 win over the Seahawks in Week 14. Uh, the loss to the Titans in Week 10. I mean, a bizarre I, game in retrospect. What respect, a weird no. thing. It was, it was a weird day for all of us. Their MVP, obviously Aaron Rodgers. He said they were going to run the table or felt like he was, they were going to run the table. They did. Uh, his numbers have been basically second only to Matt Ryan since, since that proclamation, and he's been incredible. So I think there's a case to be made that they're going streaking. You're streaking! That's Aaron Rodgers posing as the new host of Celebrity Apprentice, <laughs> by the way. Okay, Robert Mays, give
0: me a case for the streak. I mean, it starts and ends with that actual real footage of Aaron Rodgers being from the future. <laughs> we, it was a down, uneven season for him at some points, right? End of the year with 4,400 yards, 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions on 65% completions. It was a down year. <laughs> he, he's not real. And when he's playing at this level, he gives you a chance to win every single game. And I don't really know what else to say. I think he's the best player in the NFL, and he's playing like it right now.
1: I agree. You know, if they're going to go streaking, if. It's going to be in these shootouts, and it's going to be Rodgers yeah. doing what he did last night against the Lions, where he's able to extend plays, he's just scoring at will. You know, I mean, I, I think that there's a case to be made that they could just simply get outscored because of their defense, but I, I feel like if Rodgers has the ball with two minutes to go in a tight game, he's going to deliver, and that would be the streak for me, is just Rodgers winning a couple of games pretty much all by himself.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same way. I think that he does have some guys that have emerged as playmakers on his on mm-hmm. his offense, and Early on in the year, he wasn't getting the same productions out of uh, production out of Devonte Adams or Ty Montgomery. Some of these guys that have come on really strong. Jordy Nelson it seems like he's really come into, I guess he's he's back to himself later in the season. He ended up, I think, leading the NFL in touchdown catches. Um, to me, like with that one play where he extended it for about eight seconds and then threw a touchdown was Vintage Rogers. But there's another play in that game where. The Lions brought, looked like it was going to be a blitz, but they kind of showed their, heart, they showed their hand a little too soon. Uh, Rodgers pulled back and just slinged it, basically, to Devontae Adams in the corner, and it was a touchdown. I mean, that's the kind of, like, control he has at the line of scrimmage. That's the kind of way he's seeing the game right now. Um, he's just, I mean, he's firing all, the offense is firing on all cylinders right now, and with Rodgers, like, playing the way he is, I just they can beat, really, anybody right now. Totally
1: agree. Danny Kelly, why wouldn't they go streaking?
2: Oh, I mean, obviously, you have to look at their secondary. Really yeah. banged up. Um,
1: 31st best secondary in the league. There's 32 NFL teams, by the way, Danny. <laughs> right,
2: right. For those keeping track at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've just had a lot of injuries there. They've got guys that are just really too slow to be playing the position. Even in That's some of, always a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> but like, even in the games that they've won, like when they ran the table, there were some pretty bad defensive plays late in the game against the Bears, against the Vikings. Um, you know, so you have to worry. It, 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 like you said, it's going to be, a, it's going to probably be a shootout if they win. If they win any games in the playoffs, and you just have to wonder, is this a is this a secondary that can make enough plays?
1: I mean, I think it's a pretty bad personnel note when you say that the people playing in the secondary should not play that position. <laughs> so too slow. Yeah. Right. No, they should just do something. It sounds like they shouldn't play football. They should do something else. Yeah, they should just go maybe. get a desk job They other things. <laughs> yeah, just go pursue other interests. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, their, their secondary could be so bad yeah. that if they run into a team that can pass, Des Bryant, Odell Beckham, something like that, it's the end of the road there. And, and that's why I pick... Uh, you know the Giants to beat them because I just think that Odell has the capability to just have a extremely good day against
0: them. Robert, uh, I'm mean, on the same page with you guys. They don't have the talent back there. They're also banged up. I mean, it's not as if yeah. they started well and they still have the same guys. You know, they have dudes that weren't good to start with and now have gotten hurt. Right. So it's about as bad as you can get back there. So you could see them losing a game 38 to 30 pretty easily.
1: It's as bad as it can get unless you're Oakland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, as I mean, it's or Atlanta. A, Or Atlanta, or basically any (laughs) playoff team. They actually have the best secondary in the
0: playoffs. (laughs) Okay, end of the road for the Packers. Robert Mays, what's it coming? I feel like I could see them losing in Dallas if they go to Dallas in the divisional round. You know, That's a team that could put up as many points as they want against that Packers defense in this moment. So that could happen, but I could also see the Packers going all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, the Rodgers factor is so unpredictable that the defense may end up biting them in the end, but they have what it takes to beat really anybody that's left.
1: Yeah, I see them losing to the Giants, but I would also, I mean, just as a football fan... Would love to see them get to the championship game and play the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, that would be the shootout of all shootouts. You know, Mike McCarthy has played in a lot of crazy playoff games with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in his career. You know, the, the game against Arizona years ago was probably one of the best games I've ever seen uh, in the playoffs. I think a, an Atlanta Green Bay conference game would be similar to that.
0: We saw it already this year. I mean, it was one of the more it entertaining games game. of the season. Yeah. They really just put up as many as they wanted, they're tossing it all over the place.
2: I have them losing in the divisional round to the to the Cowboys. I just to, again the Cowboys just can beat you in so many ways, and that defense just isn't. I don't think equipped to to make enough stops against basically what's. It's just a juggernaut. Yes, the Packers have a pretty good run defense, but it's just not good enough to to I think beat the you know hold the Packers at bay, or hold the Cowboys at bay for a full sixty minutes. So um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is. Probably, you know, apart from Matt Ryan, the scariest quarterback in the NFC right now, clearly, um, and he he can take them far. I think that, like like uh, Mays was saying, I think that he could take them to the Super Bowl. But again, I just think that the Cowboys can just beat you in so many ways that that's where it ends for them. I'm such an idiot that I'm picking Eli Manning to
1: beat a on fire Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, right, buddy. <laughs>
2: I'm the
0: complete.
1: Moron.
2: We know
0: how well this has gone for you
1: in the past. Yeah, who cares. <laughs> We have to talk about the Seahawks now. Okay, season for them by their standards, but Danny Kelly has beast mode socks. The Seahawks, again, very weird year. Yeah. You can basically trace it to Earl Thomas's injury, which turned them into a completely different team. The best win they had all year was obviously over the Patriots in Week 10, 31 24. They, they, they made the Patriots make a lot of bad mistakes. The worst loss was just after the Thomas injury, it was against the Green Bay Packers, 38 yeah. to 10. Yeah. They forgot how to play football. Just, I mean, what was just got rolled. Yeah, and, and started their slide into breaking their four-year streak of having the best scoring defense in the NFL. Yeah, and now. Danny was just complaining about the fact that the Seahawks aren't very good despite the fact they're the third seed in the NFC. Right. You know, some teams, Danny, when their team is not very good, they're just horrible. They're maybe not in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, my team yeah. Had, just
0: had their worst record in 45 years. The Bears so. have left the NFL. Yeah. They've,
1: they've, they just, get relegated. They've, disbanded, they've disbanded their football team. I appreciate your pain, yeah. Danny. You're, you're know how upset about you. the, the three seed. The team MVP, maybe even the MVP of not only this season but the last four seasons is Earl Thomas. I had no idea how valuable Earl Thomas was until I how saw the could Seahawks we?
2: without how we, he's Earl He's never Thomas. not been in there. I mean, that's the thing.
0: It, I mean,
2: I've never seen a team
0: change this quickly when you remove one defensive player. Like, J.J. Watt didn't play this year, and the Texans are still an okay defense. Right. Earl Thomas is probably the most valuable defensive player in the league.
1: They almost lost to the
0: Niners in Week 17.
1: I know. I know that they had their backups in and stuff, but it's a, it's the Niners.
2: Yeah, they had their backups in late in the game, but they did fall behind, I think, like 14-3 to three early on. Like... They're just kind of a mess right now. I I think one, you know, you clearly have Earl Thomas is a big, huge impact in the middle of the field. We've seen teams trying to emulate their defense before, and it hasn't worked. And I think now we have our answer why. You know, it's Earl Thomas. You just can't, you can't replace him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you go to Jacksonville if you're Gus Bradley and you try to replicate it, and yeah, it doesn't work with a bunch of trash players. (laughs) Exactly. All right, they might go streaking. We're streaking! Come on! Robert Mays, if they're going streaking, what's happening?
0: I think it's two different factors. One, Russell Wilson's still a pretty good player. Yep. And he can make plays and kind of transcend whatever deficiencies they have on offense. Two, they still have a lot of talent on defense. You know, I know Earl Thomas isn't there, but when you have guys like Michael Bennett. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor's still there. (laughs) Cliff Averill's still a pretty good player. Richard Sherman. And in my mind, their best defensive player not named Earl Thomas this season has been Bobby Wagner. What he's done as a pass rusher, everything else. So when you have guys like that, even if you're not quite the team you used to be, you still can give people some fits.
2: Danny Kelly? Right now, I think, I'm with Mays. Their defense is still solid. I don't think it looks anything like what we've seen in the past few years. I think if the Seahawks are going to go streaking, if they're going to win it all, we're going to need to see, out of his mind, ridiculous, awesome Russell Wilson. I think we're going to need to see him escaping sure sacks because the, the Seahawks offensive line is terrible. Let's not, get, let's not even like beat around the bush on that. Um, they're going to need to see him you know, making like very accurate downfield throws. He's been a little bit off this year. Um, you know, It's kind of like the same Matt, Matt Stafford thing that we've been talking about. Russell Wilson with knee injury, ankle injury, he just hasn't been very accurate this year relative to where he is before. So, I don't know. I think we're going to need to see Russell Wilson go out of his mind. Remember the game he played against Philly yeah. in Seattle? That's the game just being able to move around, extend plays. He
0: was on a level that week yeah. that I feel like he has to be at all the time. So we can see it's possible, it's there. It just hasn't been there consistently. The second right.
1: half of 2015 he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously from week 1, he had a, he was banged up pretty much all all of the season. The offensive line has been absolute trash. Yeah. But I've been surprised he hasn't had just a dominant stretch of games where we see like what we saw in 2015 at the tail end of that of that year. I am waiting for that Russell Wilson to emerge, and I, I think there's about a twenty percent chance it happens in these playoffs. That's how they would go streaking. If he just starts playing out of his mind, he learns how to play behind an absolute crap offensive line. I, I just there is that chance he just takes over the team, but I, I'm not seeing it right now.
2: Okay, maybe they won't go streak. Well, where do we begin on this? Honestly, oh, there's there's a few things. I, I think to me the biggest thing is without Earl Thomas, the middle of the field is open for opposing quarterbacks, and there's too many good quarterbacks in the NFC right now. I mean, put them up against the Falcons. Matt Ryan is going to attack that mercilessly, and yeah. I just don't know if Seattle. They're, they're
1: playing the Lions, by the way, in the first week, so they'll, we'll get there. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're, right, we're all side the way against the Lions, <laughs> but you I can mean, you
0: see I, that Terrell Gabriel t- that Tarot Gabriel touchdown. Like it's easy yeah. to imagine like, what they are right now Absolutely. defensively,
2: and so I mean. I just don't see the Seahawks being able to go, you know, neck and neck in like a score, like in a in a shootout with with Matt Ryan when that defense has that clear um, just disadvantage.
0: Yep. Mace, I feel the same way. You know, they, their offense probably is not going to be able to score enough points to be able to make up for what they lose in those shootouts. You know, that line is a disaster, and, and I really thought that Russell Wilson was the guy that could overcome it and with him being banged up and the running game being kind of non-existent. You know, it's that's just been bad. It's yeah. a huge problem for them. Even when they had a bad line in the past, pass pro, they've been able to run the ball efficiently, consistently. So that the concerns there, plus the fact that they are not that complete defense anymore. Right.
1: They went from, I think, fifth in total offense to 16th. I mean, they, they can't... A middle-of-the-pack of the offense is not... It, it, that's not them. I mean, right, they, yeah. their ability to, to create things on the ground and it used to start their entire team. Mm-hmm. Their ability to control the ball, their ability to, for, for Marshawn Lynch to break off big runs. Without that, without Rawls having the season he had last year, I mean, I, 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 there, there's just nothing they can do offensively that can they can bail out Russell Wilson because all defenses know that he has to carry them, and that, that, yeah. that, that fucks with their entire scheme.
0: Yeah. We're talking about Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas. Do so you know who finished number one in offensive DVOA last year? Seattle. I mean, that has been the biggest yeah. drop-off for them, even with how bad their defense is playing right now.
1: Okay, end of the road for Seattle.
0: Maze? I feel like if they go to Atlanta, they will lose. You know, They assume they will beat Detroit, or I don't think Detroit has it. For all their deficiencies, they're a better team than the Lions. But that Falcons offense right now, it's a little too much to ask for them to stop them without Earl Thomas.
2: Yeah, I have them losing in the divisional round. Also, um, one of the biggest things I see with the, with the Seahawks, they, not only this year but in previous years, is they get off to really slow starts. Mm-hmm. And if you get off to a slow start against this Falcons team, like it's good night. They'll just it, they'll just continue to score all game, and you're going to be playing catch up the whole time. I just don't see them being able to do that.
1: Okay, here's what happens when Atlanta plays Seattle, and obviously we're all giving them the win over Detroit but when they play Seattle when Seattle plays Atlanta Julio Jones is going to be a, Julio Jones t- Taylor Gabriel going to be able to control the middle of the field that's number one Vic Beasley against that offensive line
2: against the right tackle yeah
1: good luck good luck I mean that that has the capability to get out of hand really truly and yeah. you, we don't think you know look the, 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 the you need disclaimer
0: t- before that game the starts the Panthers
1: went up 31 nothing on the last Panthers year, yeah. last year and they made it a close game. So it's not like they can't go down big. I sort of see a similar thing. Maybe not 31 points, but I see like maybe a 21 to nothing start to that game where Atlanta really hands it to
2: yeah, I just can't see them getting off to a fast start. They haven't really shown me the ability to do that much this year and, and, and in previous years, really, before. Last year, I mean, the, 30, the 31 to nothing deficit, I thought the game was over, but they had the top-ranked offense to come back from that. This year, their offense is middling at best.
1: Richard Sherman's going to pull all of our credentials.
2: <laughs> he is. For this discussion. <laughs> He's going to ruin our careers. Yeah.
1: Okay, Atlanta Falcons, unstoppable offense, maybe one of the most fun teams to watch in the NFL this year. 11-5, best win, Packers, 33-32 win in Week 8. Worst loss, kind of a weird one to the Eagles, 24-15. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, that was sort of post wagon. I, I'm yeah, not totally what sure there. what happened there. The Eagles
0: front <laughs> four really dominated them in that game. It's the first time they got outplayed significantly up front all season. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was just a weird game. That was yeah, like was Tom Hanks making bon- Bonfire of the Vanities or something. <laughs> we just want to forget about it and move on. Oh, we're back to Forrest Gump. Okay, Team MVP's Matt Ryan. There's a case it's Julio Jones, but you know, when Julio was out, Matt Ryan was still so good, able mm-hmm. to, to utilize the weapons given to him. Mm-hmm. You have to give it to Matt Ryan. Guys, there's a case that the Atlanta Falcons are going streaking. Sorry, we're going. We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. Come on, Snoop! There it is. All right. Robert Mays, if the Falcons go streaking, if they win a couple of playoff games, why is that happening?
0: I mean, they have one of the most efficient offenses in the history of the league. they had as many points this season as the 99 Rams had. It's the eighth best total since 1990. It's crazy. I mean, they have been an absolutely dominant force on that side of the ball. And they've done it for a lot of reasons. Julio Jones is still a centaur. But now you have the Taylor Gabriel route. You have two running backs that can attack you in a lot of different ways. The line is so much better with Alex Matt. Yep. I mean, Matt Ryan has ascended to a different plane because there's just so much around him to take advantage of. And in my opinion, it's the best coordinated offense in football.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say is, number one, they have so many great weapons. But Shanahan has done such an amazing job of utilizing all those guys. It's like, I mean, it almost honestly feels like Julio hasn't been a big factor in, like, uh, more than a few weeks because he's been, you know, nursing the issues with uh, he's his injury. He sucks. I'm not. Yeah, he sucks pretty yeah, much. Is yeah. what I'm saying.
1: Which one to clear that
0: out? <laughs> I wrote about Julio before the season started, and I was talking to Kyle Shanahan about it, and he said that in my perfect world, we throw the ball to Julio Jones significantly less this season than we did a year ago, which seems counterintuitive when you think about the year he had in 2015. But then when you see what type of offense they've been able to produce with him being just another one of the guys, it makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not just the offense. We know the offense can be able to score 30 points at will. We know that Julio is going to get two or three big plays. We know that Taylor Gabriel will make a play and that the running game will at least be serviceable. That's all a given for every playoff game because I don't see – there's not a historically good defense like a Denver uh, like was last year that's going to be able to stop them, okay? So what it comes down to, the X factor is going to be whether or not Vic Beasley can get the strip sacks, whether or not that pass rush can force some turnovers. I mean, that's where it comes down. That's how they beat a, a, a Dallas, or that's how yeah. they beat the Giants, is their ability to get one or two huge turnovers and then you know, basically blow a team out. Because I, I think at this point, uh, any, you know, if they play the Cowboys, it's going to be a 30-32 to 32 shootout, and, and it's going to come down to who's able to get one or two turnovers.
0: I like the young athletes they've added on that defense. It's still a bad team overall on that side of the ball. Losing Desmond Trufant certainly doesn't help. But Beasley, Deion Jones, the rookie from LSU, and Keanu Neal just gives them a dude at every level that can make something happen. And that's enough to make them dangerous, that offense. Totally agree. If they're not going to go streaking, Danny Kelly.
2: I mean, it is because of that defense. And, you know, the the offense has made it so it's almost irrelevant how bad the defense has been. (laughs) But that defense has given up a lot of touchdowns through Mm -hmm. the air. I think I saw that they're either third or fourth worst in the NFL and that's like, you're around teams like the Browns, the Jets, like, it's, it's bad. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sorry that uh, No, no, An- analysis. Analysis. <laughs> so, that, that it was 100% correct it was so correct it made me laugh and
1: yes when, you, when you're being compared to the Browns and the Jets I and mean, those bad. teams are barely it's, it's, it's in the bad. fucking league
0: <laughs>
2: so I mean uh, the, the bottom line is most of the time this offense is going to just win when it comes to a shootout but um, I mean if the, if the offense is, is not on the top of their game in one of these games then you know you're going to have to have the defense make a few stops and can they do that
0: The crazy part, though, is that it hasn't been a situation where we've got some monster games and then some down games. Matt Ryan's had at least 7.92 yards per attempt in every single game. So outside of that Philly game, there just hasn't been that many down games from the offense.
1: Yeah, no, he he is so consistent. And that's what I said, is that we know it's going to be 32-30, 35-33, something (laughs) like that when they play Dallas. Now it just comes down to that secondary, and they have to make plays. And if they're not going to go streaking, it's because their their defense just lets them down because they give up no big plays. Their defense gives up 40 points. Dak Prescott's able to just crush it. I mean, that's that's the worst case scenario: is their defense allows a Matt Ryan-like performance from the opposite quarterback. Right. Okay. End of the road for the Falcons.
2: Danny Kelly, I got them losing in the championship round to the Cowboys. I mean, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a great high-scoring game. It's going to be a lot of fun, a um, lot of offense in that game. And ultimately, I just think the Cowboys are going to beat them. I think they can play a tougher – they have a tougher brand of football. Uh, they can control the clock. They can limit Matt Ryan's um, opportunities, really. Yeah. And uh, and that's how they're going to beat them.
0: Right, I think they go to the Super Bowl. I just think that offense is that good. And for no team was getting a bye more important than Atlanta. Just being able to play that first game at home, That's on huge. that track, and then going to Dallas. I mean, there's no outdoor game to be played for them for the rest of the season. So when you think about that offense and the way they move inside, I think there's going to be points every single game. They get to the
1: conference championship game. I think, and this is weird, I, I just see them losing to the Giants. I just think, again, the Giants are complete. I think they'll be able to score some points. And then and then I think the defense, if you had to pick one defense that could limit Julio Jones, yeah. I, I think maybe they, yeah. they just they, they get Matt Ryan's face and, and cause some mistakes. I'm not, look, I, I think it's a toss-up when those two teams play, but I would just go with the Giants just because, frankly, I'm bored and I think the Giants are going to win. <laughs> I, I just want to pick the Giants.
0: The Giants had the talent up front to kind of do what Philly did. You know, yeah. They don't have the stable of pass rushers the Eagles have, but Vernon's a good player. You know, Snacks is doing better stuff in the pass rush game than he normally does. They have enough bodies up there to give the Falcons trouble.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, Dan Quinn, I don't know what to expect from really any NFC coach with the exception. I mean, Pete Carroll, you would normally say, is the great coach in this conference in right. these playoffs, but he doesn't have Earl Thomas right now, so it's a little different. You're getting in a situation where the top three teams or, or top four teams are going to be coached by Dan Quinn, Jason Garrett, Ben McAdoo and then Mike McCarthy. We're not totally sure if Mike McCarthy's a good coach still. Um, and so I, I just I think it gets down to coaching when you when you have that. I, I just I think it's going to be a toss up. But I, I just like this Giants team. I don't understand it, but I, but I, I I think that they're going to be able to make some plays. Okay, Dallas Cowboys, thirteen and three. I think if we were in here in August and we said we'll be talking with thirteen and three Cowboys, we wouldn't have been that surprised. <laughs> Tony Romo was healthy back then. Oh yeah, Romo big season. But if you found out that Tony Romo was basically out for the first 10 weeks of the season, that Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott would have to carry the offense, we would have been stunned. But right now, these guys are awesome. And everyone's bought in and everyone is drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, best win of the season, obviously, probably the best game of the season was that Steelers game, 35-30 win. That was a fun one. I mean, I, I, I cannot remember being more excited over a game I did not care about <laughs> than that game. I was, yeah. I was amped for that game, and I, I do not like either of those teams or don't, don't care about them at least. Uh, worst <laughs> loss, you know, the Giants' 10-7 loss, which, which I still think people in Dallas are trying to get their heads around, and, right. and uh, it slightly worries them how almost inexplicable that whole game was. And I think it's something to keep an eye on. Team MVP Zeke Elliott. You mm-hmm. could make a case for Dak Prescott, but you sure. know, or you can make a case for the offensive line. Um, but, but you know, I, I think that Zeke Elliott, without his contributions, without his dominance, uh, this would be a very different season. Okay, now let's go through the cases that they're going streaking. We're going streaking!
0: Yeah! Beautiful.
1: Okay, <laughs> Robert Mace,
0: hit me. I mean, this is an offense that can beat you in every single way. They have be the best offensive line in the league. They have a running game that's utterly dominant. Des Bryant is just there. Which, again, (laughs) the fact that that's where we are with this offense, it's all you need to know.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, they control the football. Uh, Zeke Elliott's been incredibly durable and reliable. Um, They have, Dak Prescott's been really good in situations where he needs to make a pass on third down, convert, move the chains. He's been really good for, you know, by any standard, but as a rookie especially, it's unbelievable. Um, You know, like like Maze was saying, it's like, Des is just kind of another guy in that offense. They got Witten in there too, just a reliable future Hall of Fame type of guy to like make catches in the flats. Um, you know, they just can beat you in so many ways, and they wear you down physically and emotionally. It, so again, it's just hard to beat them for sixty minutes.
1: By the way, we talked about this being sort of the playoffs of the backup quarterback. If anything happened to Dak Prescott, yeah. their backup quarterback so, so is Romo. Tony Romo. Yeah, other teams are starting Matt Moore. <laughs> I mean, Christ. Um, Yeah, for me, there's there's just a million things you could talk about. I mean, the the line is where it all starts. But, you know, I think the turning point for me when I really bought into this Dallas team was the Baltimore game. When everyone was talking about how that was the top rushing defense in the NFL going into the game, Mm -hmm. this was the game where they were going to stop Zeke Elliott and then, who knows what would happen to Dak Make Prescott? Dak beat beat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, guess what happened when they said, "Dak, you have to beat us." <laughs> Dak beat the crap out of yeah. them. They them. He through for 300 yards in that game, and so that's when you realized how how multi-dimensional this offense was. Like yeah. you said, Des Bryant, Cole Beasley is is, is a productive oh, yeah, guy. Even, yeah. Yeah. How, <laughs> how could you forget Cole Beasley? <laughs> yeah. God, come on, Danny. <laughs> um, yeah, Jason Witten. I mean, they can do it all. It's almost unstoppable. Now the Giants seem to have the blueprint. I don't understand. We'll get to that in a second, but. Um, you know, this team is is very capable of winning the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Okay. There are scenarios of why they're not going streaking.
0: Robert Mays, if they're not going streaking, what happens? Uh, it's the defense to yeah. me. I still feel like they don't have enough talent in the secondary. Their pass rush has not been there all year. We've gotten some flashes from guys, but they don't have enough talent on that side of the ball to slow down a team like Atlanta or Green Bay. Yeah. So a shootout in in Dallas, in an NFC Championship game against one of these teams, you could see it happening.
1: You can pass on them. And that's the
0: only thing you can do on them. I mean,
1: the pass rush has been coming along as the season progresses. Maybe, Maybe Randy Gregory's coming back. Who the hell knows about that? But, I mean, for me... I just—if you had to attack anything, if Belichick's looking at how to attack this team, mm-hmm. it's just throw the ball 50 times and see what happens. Mo Claiborne has been banged up, and who knows if he was even good to start with. Um, that's questionable. <laughs> but I mean, I, I just—you know—if there had to be a weak link, it is their secondary, and that's how teams like Atlanta, like New York, are going to have to attack them. Absolutely. And I, I think those teams. I think unfortunately for them, they're going to have to um, realize that that Atlanta and New York want to pass on them, and that's why—that's why it's going to be. A bit of a challenge going deeper into the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah,
2: I mean, same thing. They just don't have the depth or the talent in the yeah. secondary, and they don't I mean, have enough guys,
0: and their guys aren't good enough. Yeah, right. right. So other than that, though, yeah, everything's fine. I
2: mean, but if you're facing a team with several good receivers and a good quarterback, it's it's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to you have to maximize. If you're playing the Cowboys, you have to maximize every one of your possessions. But there are teams in the playoffs that can do that. The Falcons are one of the most efficient offenses we've seen in years. So. Um, I mean, if anyone's going to beat the, i have the Cowboys going all the way, but if anyone's going to beat them, it's going to be because the secondary just can't hold up. Guys,
1: if, if there's an end of the road, it's a big if, when is it coming? Danny Kelly?
2: I don't think it's coming. Oh! I think they're winning it all this year. Um, I mean, they've been, they've been the best team kind of from start to finish, especially in the NFC. You could make the argument in the whole NFL. Um, just dominant offense. You know, they just don't have very many holes on that side of the ball. And it's really, it's, that offense is so good, it hasn't mattered that their defense doesn't have a lot of talent. So, um, I mean, I just still don't see anybody beating them in the playoffs.
0: Uh, I said the Falcons were going to the Super Bowl, and that's what I'll say again. I think that that NFC Championship game would be an absolute blast. And I feel like Atlanta has enough to beat them. But again, if the Cowboys went to or won the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody would be shocked.
1: Yeah, um, for me, again, I picked the Giants at the beginning of this discussion. <laughs> it's got to be the Giants. Sticking with Although it would be great if every video I just picked a different team to win the Super Bowl. <laughs>
2: yeah, you should have. <laughs> yeah, just Damn a different it.
1: bit. Yeah. I would, oh, man. I, next year. <laughs> next year, viewer. you are. Um, For me, I, I just think the Giants have the blueprint. And I think that if anybody... Again, this is the it, same way when the Giants play the Falcons. If the Giants play the Cowboys, it's going to be a complete toss-up. But I just feel like they have the horses. I just feel like I mean, I think that the best player on the field when the Giants play the Cowboys is Odo Beckham Jr. Yeah. Um, And and I just, I feel like that's going to be the difference.
2: What happens if in the Giants-Cowboys game that you envision that Prescott is struggling into the third quarter? Are they going to put Romo in? Absolutely. That's going to be crazy.
0: (laughs) When would you go with Romo? I mean, I wouldn't, but if if Dak, I don't want to even get seriously injured, but say Dak hurts like a finger in one of these quarters just early in the game. The idea of Romo being in the biggest moment would be my favorite thing
2: to get What percentage
1: of Cowboy fans do you think want to see Romo win the Super Bowl for
2: them? Oh, my gosh. It's probably hovering around 50 at least. I think it's way higher. You think? Like way 75? Higher. Yeah. I'd go 75. <laughs> they
0: would admit it because there's no way they want to screw up it's what's like, happening. Yeah, it's bad but juju, but Yeah. yeah. I think one of those fans
1: is Jerry
2: Jones. (laughs) He's been vague enough about it all year. yeah. Yeah, I know.
1: Okay, this has been Talking Football Live, and we have reached the end of the road.